Greetings, and welcome to the Saved by Nostalgia podcast. I love the power glove. It's so bad. No! I feel the need. The need for speed. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. Look I what you did, you little jerk. Look. I'm coming to get you. Get busy living. Don't get busy dying. You are next. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Aloha, and welcome into the Save by Nostalgia podcast. I'm Noel Groninger, alongside Clint Schweitzer, and we are headed to Hawaii for today's episode. So put on your lei, light your tiki torch, bury your toes in the sand, and sip your Mai Tai as we take you back to one of my favorite episodes from Saved by the Bell, Aloha Slater. Or are we really going to Hawaii? That's going to be the question as we break (laughs) down this episode. Aloha Slater, of course, it is uh, from season one. It is episode six, as you're following on your DVDs. We thank you so much for joining us as we roll along on our Saved by the Bell um, analysis. We are going along doing every single episode. It has been just a wonderful adventure so far. We are continuing things here, and we're going to be hearing from um, our good friend, executive producer Peter Engel, is going to be joining us later to talk about Mario Lopez and how he was found and what uh, kind of the process was about bringing him into the show. So you have that to look forward to. And we're going to, of course, be talking about this episode. Noah, you are just all in on this one, my friend. I, I have not, What an intro that was. I could never top that. You liked this episode, and uh, this was definitely one that people look back on, and uh, there's there's a lot of moments that stand out from the intro and stuff like that that uh, actually stems from this episode. Yeah, there are. I mean, it starts with Zach uh, taking third place, uh, getting a third place ribbon in the cross-country meet. He's all excited, but of course, uh, Slater... Uh, outdoes him with a huge trophy, winning his weight class in uh, the uh, wrestling championships. But I think Screech topped them both. He took fifth place in an ALF lookalike contest. And I can kind of see it. I, th- I think Screech beats them both. I love that. I have that in my notes, too. I love that <laughs> uh, line, Screech winning fifth place in the ALF lookalike contest. This is still a very lovable kind of you know side character Screech. He's not over the top. I like where he is. He's in his lane, so to speak, and Dustin Diamond, as we will talk about in later episodes with Peter Engel. Um, Peter Engel considered him a comedic genius. What say you, Noah? Do you agree? (laughs) Uh, Not not especially here. Um, I think a lot of the writing uh, had Screech just playing a buffoon as we get uh, later on in the series. Uh, Definitely remember uh, the guys versus girls uh, for the inheritance check and... uh, they take the oven knob off the girl's uh, oven to win the contest, and then Screech is just walking down, and uh, we'll get into this more later, but he's just walking down, tossing the oven knob up in the air, just da-da-da-da-da, like, what's that? Oh, the oven knob to your oven uh, to help us win! Like, just, <laughs> I mean, just, come on, that just was lazy writing, but uh, I guess if you consider that comedic genius, then Screech, he had it. Well, uh, Peter Engel didn't even really want to get it, talk about that. No, he did not. Him. He was like, I don't even know <laughs> So we are going to be getting into a lot more screech moments as this goes along, rest assured. But another funny moment kind of comes in here early in the episode when Slater puts Belding into a wrestling hold, rendering him helpless uh, because Belding is wanting to him to replicate the hold that he won the, uh, I believe it's the county wrestling championships. They always have really bizarre 
names for these championships. It's never just a state championship or <laughs> it's always a county, a, a city meet. It's, it never really makes sense, but that's what we have here. Slater has, has done it. That's the first champion in uh, Bayside history. That's all they have. And uh, Mr. Belding puts it in the trophy case there. And um, of course, Zach is jealous and he wants to get Slater out of there. Uh, his Slater's dad comes in and says, hey, I, I'm getting uh, stationed in Hawaii. I want to take S uh, Slater with me. We've always talked about this. And so Zach learns of this by Screech uh, hiding in Mr. Belding's filing cabinet, uh, of course, and popping out and eavesdropping on the conversation between Mr. Belding and Slater's dad. And so Zach uh, tells the gang that Slater has this rare disease, Mumbio osis, and it affects the brain and he needs to go home go to Hawaii for treatment. Treatment. So then uh, Operation Treat Slater Like Dirt is underway uh, so that he makes the decision easy for him to choose Hawaii over his friends. And you got another great moment where Dustin Diamond is sort of hiding in the file cabinet. This became kind of a pattern. He's in the principal's office hiding in the file cabinet. And when he gets out, he does that. There's a hilarious moment where he, he crab walks into the bathroom and <laughs> says, paint me blue and call me a Smurf. Yes. Huge fan of that. Uh, I love that. And um, yeah, you got uh, Slater sort of not wanting to go with his dad to Hawaii because he's made real friends here. I think they use the term he's been in uh, whatever, 12 schools in the last four years or whatever it is. They keep you know reiterating this throughout the show. He has real friends yeah. here and we're only a few episodes into the show, but he's solidified. He wants to be at Bayside and he doesn't know how to tell his dad that uh, he doesn't want this transfer. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when Jesse goes into Mr. Belding's office and uh, she's worried that Slater's going to die soon and she just cannot believe Mr. Belding's responses to this. She says, is he really going to be gone soon? And Mr. Belding replies with a few lines here, poor Slater, where am I going to find another star wrestler? Life goes on, people come and go, you win some, you lose some. Slater's going to a better place, we should all be so lucky. And that part just is great to me and uh, how Mr. Belding is playing it out. He doesn't know. He just thinks Slater's going to Hawaii. Well, Jesse's standing here thinking he's going to die, and he's replying. Jesse's just, how can you be so cruel? It's, it's one of the best scenes in, the, in this episode to me. Oh, that was. I really did enjoy that. I thought, uh, you know, Dennis Haskins as the Mr. Belding character is really, like, hitting its stride here and you get a lot of funny moments where he's involved in some of the things that the kids are doing involved in ways that like a principal would never be involved. Like, you know, <laughs> asking Slater to put him in this wrestling hole. <laughs> I, I love it though. I love his interaction. I think that this cast, you know, was just magical. And I think that that includes Dennis Haskins and Mr. Belding. That's just a, a funny moment where, you know, sort of uh, playing off each other and not, uh, not knowing what the other is talking about. You see that kind of as a pattern on this show. And um, really good comedic moment there. And of course, then, you know, the gang is convincing Slater to leave. They're doing all these things to, to, to make him think he's not wanted. Instead of just coming out and telling him, you know, <laughs> either way, just they devise this scheme to make sure that uh, he's going to leave for Hawaii. And uh, really, of course, Zach is at the precipice of this because he wants Kelly to himself. Kelly, though, is going to leave. Noah is going to leave with Slater, which may, this is where the episode kind of goes awry for me. Yeah, that part, I will agree with you. That part is where it is just too far-fetched. She's just going to leave her family and go to Hawaii and take care of Slater, uh, who she hasn't known too terribly long, and he's got this disease, and she's just leaving everyone behind, going to Hawaii. But I love Operation Treat Slater Like Dirt, where Jesse calls Slater stupid. He says, what's wrong? She says, you're what's wrong. And then Lisa says, don't talk to me. 
you must be a conceited dumb jock. Slater or Screech has the nerve to call Slater a Brillo head. I don't know where he gets off calling anyone else a Brillo head, but he does it. And uh, he walks away with his life, which I also can't believe that Slater didn't just shove him into a locker or a trash can or just do away with him. But yeah, the Kelly says she's leaving uh, hit, uh, Bayside and moving with Slater. And she's going to live in Hawaii with her uncle in Honolulu, which we do see in the movie later on. You mean there was actual continuity in the show? From I can't like- believe it. It is. I, I couldn't believe what I saw. And I was like, wait a second. This makes sense now. How is that possible? Nothing makes sense. Well, it's funny here because Dustin Diamond's real-life father makes an appearance as a teacher in this episode where he famously tells Slater after Zach has poured ants down the back of his shirt that this is study <laughs> study hall, not Soul Train. And, of course, Slater begins itching and sneezing, which uh, are symptoms of this made-up disease, the mumbi... What was it? Mumbio quadril... I can't... What, what? Quadrilationosis. Yeah, wow. That's That's <laughs> really good. Really good stuff. And um, Slater finds out about Zach's plan, of course, inevitably. And they want to teach him a lesson, Noah, that he won't forget. I Uh, think I've heard that before. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, at the end of it, we find out Zach, you know, tells Slater that there's no one I'd rather beat than you. And uh, Slater throws a a bomb at Zach, which is kind of hilarious and inappropriate, uh, given the parlance of today's times and feelings about weapons in schools. But I really think that Slater's dad, uh, Gerald Castillo, uh, makes his first appearance here as, Ma- as uh, Major Slater, as Slater's dad. I think does a great job, and he sort of stands out as a character that you're going to see just a few more times, but he stands out as Slater's dad, and he kind of helps play along and uh, make Zach uh, think that he's a little bit more, you know, hardcore as a general than than uh, even he really is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's having PTSD flashbacks and uh, scaring Zach into finally giving it up that, oh, okay, this was all a scheme. I'm sorry. Just please calm down. <laughs> But at the end, like the Max throws a going away party for Slater, who just unbeknownst to me, like he's still going along with this for some reason, having the Max throw this party, create a whole luau for him, instead of just coming out and saying like, okay, Zach did this, like I know what's going on here, foiling Zach's plan, letting everybody know. He keeps going along with it, and then everyone's mad at him. The girls are mad at Zach and at Slater. Uh, the girls leave, and Lisa tells Screech, compared to these two, you look good. And then Screech, of course, has to thank them for being slime balls. My pineapple bra is killing me. Which means, let's hula down! Come on, Screech, compared to these two, you look good. Which means, thanks for being slime balls. It was a very convoluted. That's why this episode didn't really work for me. It's like they they work all this time to get uh, to teach Le- Zach a lesson, and now at the end they're they're mad at both of them. It was just kind of a lot. Although without this moment in the luau, we would not get Screech as the pineapple princess um, and oh, his yes. infamous pineapple bra. And <laughs> I I think that is funny. Anything that Dustin Diamond was kind of uh, the star of this episode, funny enough for me. So we're going to get to our, the, you know, our uh, analysis. We're going to get to our uh, review of this episode, our final thoughts after we bring on our guest. It is executive producer of the show, Peter Engel. And we're going to talk a little bit more since this episode is geared more around Mario Lopez and Slater's character. Peter, tell us what exactly happened. How did this go down? Mario Lopez uh, really did a great job as A.C. Slater. He's beloved. How did it come about? How did you wind up casting him in this role? Uh, and as far as Slater was concerned, he was supposed to be a, he, he was supposed to be a, uh, 
Barberino Italian kid, okay? And I didn't like what we were getting, and one night I called the casting director, I said, where is it written that Slater has to be uh, has to be Anglo? Why couldn't he be Latin or, or, or Asian or, or African American? And she said, well, that's the way you wrote it. I said, well, it's unwritten now. It's two days we found him. And we never even dealt with Slater to the college years, his name was Sanchez, his father changed his name to get into into West Point. Anyway, so what happened was we now go to the network and we have uh, we have Mario Reed and he was right away the network said yes. And then we had the um, the uh, uh, Afghanistan girl read for Jesse Spano. Well, there you have it. A.C. Slater, Mario Lopez comes in. They said he is Latino. He was originally supposed to be Italian, Noah, but he is uh, Latino. He is uh, A.C. Slater. And who can imagine this show without Mario Lopez? This episode's kind of geared towards him, so I thought it was a good time to bring in Peter Engel to talk about it. Mario Lopez is supposed to be the, kind of the Vinnie Barbarino type. So we already did the interview, Peter. Is that still you? you we, I thought we hung up. <laughs> he was still, he's still on the line, uh... But uh, we've definitely got to kind of get our final analysis on this episode. You, it wasn't quite as strong. For me, I really like this episode. I kind of like the over-the-top and everybody treating like Slater like dirt instead of just telling him, hey, you need to go to Hawaii. There's this treatment. I know you are you can come back when you're better. I like going above and beyond and just, no, let's all treat him like dirt. And That sounds like a good plan, Zach. There, there's no other plan that could possibly take place that makes more sense than just treating him like dirt and making him just run away from here. Uh, fleeing, uh, everyone just turning their back on him. So I like that part, but you did mention uh, the Pineapple Princess, which was another strong part of this episode. Everyone <laughs> loves uh, Screech being a buffoon. Uh, but another thing you mentioned, Kelly wanting to leave and go be with Slater and take care of him. I get what they were doing, like having it backfire on Zach, and now he's got to kind of shift gears and come up with something else. Like, oh, wait, now I got to do something. I can't have Kelly leave. That was the whole point of this plan to get her to stay and be mine. And have Slater go, but I think her just up and leaving, talking to her parents and going to take care of Slater in Hawaii and leave everyone behind was a little too far, but for overall, this episode played great for me. Mr. Belding in the office, uh, uh, just poo-pooing Slater's uh, supposed death that Jesse thinks is happening and just uh, uh, making it seem like he doesn't care, but he just thinks he's going to Hawaii, so that part played great for me, and I just love this episode. It's, it's, a, it's a good one for me on my chart. I, you know what's weird? I think that maybe subconsciously the reason I don't like this one as much is because it's another episode that features Zack and Slater at odds against each other. And maybe yeah. it's not the quality of the episode. It's just maybe that I don't like that as much because you know what they become. You know what this group of friends becomes later in the show. It's almost like, okay, we're wasting time getting to you know, <laughs> more pertinent teenage issues. You know, later on they're going to be, you know, kind of battling for Kelly's affection, going to the prom, and there's more sentimental moments. And this one is just kind of silly, like Slater's only been there a short amount of time, but, but he has made friends. What I do like about it, it does solidify Slater as a major character in this show. Not that he wasn't already, but now you know that he's here to stay, and um, you know he's going to be more featured as, as it goes on. And, and I think it builds off this. Uh, the group of friends maybe come you know, more together after this, and uh, obviously there's some more scheming and fun along the way, but <laughs> over the top, and just I'm going to go thumbs down on this one. It's our first one I think we've disagreed on, so I mean, we, we were probably do one, but thumbs yeah, down absolutely. for me. It's just a lot going on here. I mean, after Dancing to the Max, the Lisa Carden screeches woman, I had to uh, fight to get through. 
the episodes, uh, those ones just are not strong. Those are uh, three for us that we agreed on that are just not strong for us. And uh, we kind of struggle to get through that. Uh, it's kind of a nice to watch one that uh, Aloha Slater that I enjoy. Uh, so maybe I'm rating it higher than I should uh, based on the fact that I had to get through uh, Dancing to the Max that Lisa Cardin Screech's Woman, that I'm rating it higher that, hey, it's not those. So this is, gr this is great. I love it. It's the best. Well, this originally aired September 23rd, 1989, Noah, and by this time, 50% of teenage women were watching Saved by the Bell. The show was a huge hit. It had already moved uh, from primetime to Saturday mornings at the insistence of Brandon Tartikoff, which we will get into more of the, the business side of the show uh, with Peter Engel in, on a later episode. Uh, probably the No Hope with Dope episode, because Brandon Tartikoff is in that episode, so we've yeah, got exactly. some good stuff with Peter on that one. But if you like what we're doing... Please feel free to subscribe. Uh, you've got this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. We're available on all of them. If you like what this is, we're going to do a lot more shows and movies. We just got an interview in the can with Julia Montgomery, who played Betty Childs in Revenge of the Nerds. We're going to have a Revenge of the Nerds episode coming up. We're going to be talking to Olivia Debo, who played Karen in The Wonder Years. Guys, this is going to be so much fun as we're going to just go back in time into our time capsule, into our DeLorean and revisit all of the wonderful movies, shows, and pop culture from our youth. And if you like what we're doing, please hit us up on social media. Like it, follow it, and um, our website, saybynostalgia.weebly.com. Noah, did I get it all in there? I think you did. I mean, if they, if you guys are Instagram people, Twitter people, just search Save My Nostalgia Facebook page. Just search that on all social media platforms, and we'll pop up. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Interact with the posts on there. It's not just these podcasts. We post pictures of stuff that uh, debuted on this date. Uh, we do TV show battles. Just pick two random TV shows and uh, from our nostalgia, from our youth, uh, from our past, and uh, vote on which one you like. We do all sorts of stuff. So give us a like. Give us a follow. Let us know what you want us to do in the future, whether it's a movie, a toy, a video game, a TV show, whatever it is, whatever it may be. We love it. We love nostalgia. You love it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>